Hey everyone, David here. I want to tell you about my music podcast, On Rotation. It's engaging, interactive, and insightful. Music mm-hmm. entwines with everything. It's something that always rings true to me. So when I need something to kind of root me, I can always go back to music in a sense, you know? Yeah. Join me each episode as we rotate through a number of topics and hear why it's the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Listen to On Rotation wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My goal writing music was always, I want someone else who feels like me to hear someone else say that they feel like me so I don't feel so alone. I want to be able to deliver a sound that's honest but has a story to tell. I've never ever felt remorse for spending lots of money on making music because that's going to be forever. If I'm not happy playing to the people that love what we do now, it's not going to make a difference if there's 10,000 people listening to what we're doing versus 100. Music's great. (laughs) Everyone loves music. Hey everybody, what's up, what's happening? You're listening to On Rotation, the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is David, I'll be your host and lovely guide. If there's one duo that can sound like a four, five, or even six-piece band, it's Gentle Temper. But don't just let their music speak to that. I sat down with Ryan and Marion of this indie duo, who have quite literally been kicking it since 2016. Their latest EP called Same Blood is also out now on all streaming services. So Ryan and Marion, thank you for coming on to On Rotation. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having us. We're pretty good. Thanks for having us. We're hanging in there, yeah, gearing up for a busy-ish summer. We're releasing a song tomorrow. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I actually just followed you guys on Instagram before the interview, and I saw you post about that. So we're definitely going to talk about that. But just to introduce y'all, you guys are the duo Gentle Temper. And from looking you guys up and just getting a feel for who you are and your background, I really want to know why you decided to go into folk music. Because like I said, I was reading your bio and it seems like you guys dove really deep into this genre when you guys kind of came to be. So was there any specific reason you guys decided to go in this direction musically? I think we didn't really decide. When we first started playing together, it was just the two of us. I mean, it still is, but I didn't play any instruments. So it was just us and and a guitar. So we were just kind of singing and playing guitar, which lends itself pretty well to folk music and was a good jumping off point. I think since then, we've kind of branched out. And I, I do think that folk is a pretty big umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the traditional folkers would definitely, you know, maybe disagree, <laughs> not in, invite us to so many parties, <laughs> if you will, folk specific parties. Mm-hmm. But I do think that our, our music, you know, genres are very fluid. Now, I think there's a lot of like crossover between 
different genres and people do so many different combinations of genres and take inspiration from different eras of music and different styles of music and then combine it into this like kind of bread dough of music if you will i had um, never done anything quite as <laughs> like stripped back in high school i was in like a big band so it's kind of like you know i want to be like heard and maybe i want to sing something yeah so. so it started from there and and i think since then we've branched off of folk a little bit but i still would say that the music that we've been releasing falls under that umbrella mm-hmm, somewhere for sure and i like that term you use mary in that bread dough i've never heard anybody <laughs> compare a type of music to that before I'm just perpetually hungry. So (laughs) like analogies that I think of are always food related. We're recording recording around dinner time. So that's understandable. That's true. true. And I want to know too, because working as a duo, you can kind of bring different talents to the table, but then also the part of that is working together. So what would you say you guys kind of excel as individually? And then how do you use that to work together? Oh man. Wow. Um, I excel at being totally frustratingly scattered, but excited about things. And Marion puts up with me. <laughs> oh, I right. was gonna say, I'm really good at saying no to a lot of things. Yeah. So we balance each other out. Yeah, Ryan, the sporadicness like, and then yeah. the shutting down. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then we meet yeah. somewhere in the middle and find this like happy middle ground of stuff. We, we dream <laughs> like very big for like what we want to do with our set. And one of the things we added to our set, I was like, Marion, why don't you like kick a snare? She's like, what do you talk? You mean like upright? Do they even make those? So we like go online, all this stuff. Long story short, there's a mom and pop shop in Michigan called Farmer Drums. And uh, they gave us a little artist discount to to try it out. And I love it. Yeah. I kick a snare now. So okay. we started, we started, I played no instruments. I just sang and did like some little hand percussion. And now I play bass, kick snare. I have a keyboard that I play sometimes and a crash cymbal. And I also have a standing snare that I hit sometimes with a stick. You know, folk music. <laughs> does one of you kind of handle more of the instrumental side of things and one kind of does more of the singing or is that like completely wrong for me to assume? In terms of our live show, we, we split the instrumentation fairly evenly. Ryan plays guitar and kick drum and hi-hat for the most part. And there's a little bit of trading that goes on uh, in terms of our live instrumentation. When it comes to writing, Rye does most of the music for most of our songs. I do a lot of lyric writing. Mm-hmm. Ryan also does a lot of lyric writing. So there's a balance there as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, music is mostly mostly Ryan. I come up with some things. No, that definitely, that comes in part with working as a duo. Like you mentioned, you have this balancing act. So I think that all kind of works out well for you guys, it seems. And something else that I noticed from looking you guys up initially is that you mentioned that you have a lot of inspirational points when it comes to your writing influences. So Ryan, this might be more of a question for you, but have you noticed any like consistent things that constantly influence your writing style or just the music that you end up putting out? No. (laughs) The only consistent artist I think I'd say I drive inspiration from is Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Kind of a mouthful. He goes by UMO. Uh, this guy, Ruben Nielsen, he's kind of like a psych rocker, but the way he plays the guitar is like very innovative. It's very like spaced out kind of voicings. I was raised like a jazz guy. I'm kind of a reverse guitarist where like I started with the complex stuff and then I'm like, 
uh, it's a little too complex. I want to like uh, understand stuff. Like there was a time where I like wouldn't play a G chord because I thought it was like too simple. I was like that elitist oh, douchebag. That kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. But I owe a lot to like Bill Evans, like cluster piano voicings that just like, I, I will hear like when we're building stuff out, I'll like hear certain things and I'll be like, that needs to be built there. And whenever I'm doing harmonies for a line, I won't really like be like, oh, well, that's this chord, so we'll do this. I kind of just go into it and I'm like, does that sound good? Does that not sound good? Mm. Um, like I said earlier, I'm totally scattered, always excited, and it sometimes comes out good. So there's a, there's a lot of that with gentle temper, a lot of that. It's like organized chaos in a way. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to <laughs> organize it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. What about the pandemic in the past year? Has any different or unique influences kind of come up? Like obviously with artists being in isolation, you know, that kind of is a whole special scenario for someone to kind of curate and think of music. I don't know if, if our, I guess our influences kind of changed. If anything, we've kind of started to embrace like different genres that we didn't think we would embrace before. And we've started doing this two hour writing challenge every week. So on Tuesdays, we set aside two hours we sit down with our cameras and our recording equipment and whatever instruments we want to use that week. And we write a song and record it in two hours. And then we put those videos up on, on our Patreon and on YouTube. And that is, has really like allowed us to explore all the different avenues that we could go down musically, which mm -hmm. has been really fun for me because I, I was always this kind of person who would write in spurts. Then I wouldn't write for months. And then I would write like three songs and then nothing for months. And writing weekly has really made me realize that it doesn't really matter what I'm writing as long as I am writing. And it's been really fun. We've come up with some really cool songs yeah. in genres said, that I never thought I would explore. It was, it's been fun. really, really cool to do that. Um, so in that way, the pandemic has kind of broadened our musical minds, I guess. We played almost 200 shows the year before and less than 35 last year. Oh, wow. Um, so we were kind of forced to just like figure something else out. Live streaming is not that much fun. And it turns out we're kind of like wacky when we sit down to write stuff. I think the word you're looking for is Goofy? weirdos. Weirdos? Yeah. <laughs> turns out. Turns out. No weirdos. Um, no, the two-hour writing sessions have been like so much fun for me. And the shortest two hours of my life. Yeah. Absolutely. Like trying to write music, lyrics, record it all with percussion and like make a song out of it. Now being like 10 weeks in, I feel like it could be a total disaster next, next week. And I also feel like, oh, we got this. You know, yeah. we've done 10 of them. So it's like, I figure by 10, we'd be like running out of ideas. You know, we wrote about mm -hmm. um, a basketball player who sent all his money home so much so that he couldn't take a cab to the arena uh we wrote about cicadas coming up from the ground brood x uh when we went to new jersey for the first time in like 17 years the uh, we, first one we wrote was about sitting down <laughs> well, was, yeah I, I found that one sort of about like sort of anxiety like you're yeah. overwhelmed like mm -hmm. here's a really calming yeah. sort of like mantra to it and the goal with that is sort of like okay this isn't something we've done before but we get to build this like catalog of mm -hmm. things we can go back and like make a mashup of, or we can go back yeah. and, and like rewatch and be like, like, this is where it's gone. Or it, someone or... who's like gentle temper. I've never heard of those two. Like, what's the deal? And then they go like, Oh, you got to check out like their YouTube thing. 
And then they come to us like after a show and they're like, I watched all of the two hour Tuesdays last night. And we're like, how did you do that? There were 65 of them. That's the you goal. Know? See how far we get. Yeah, we're, we're going to see how many weeks in a row we could do this. Mm -hmm. I, we've been fortunate enough to, to, to not be touring so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we're, we're getting back into the swing of things. Fortunate and so. heavy quotations because... Yeah. You know, it would like be nice to tour. Bo Burnham's just, I don't use air quotes right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do, I do think it's important to say though, that like, I basically took a year off of music. I was not really creating from like March of last year to like maybe January of this year. I didn't do much of anything. I picked up my bass like maybe five times in that span and I didn't really write I didn't do anything musical and it was really like kind of a low point for me and it was it was you know it was not an easy year where we just like created the whole year and like had a great time and like mm -hmm. we're holed up in our house and just got to do music all the time it was very much a creative drought for me for a long time mm -hmm. but then yeah. ever since we started doing this two-hour Tuesday thing it's been better and better and better and I've I've gotten kind of out of my my creative rut. Mm -hmm. And that's I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, like not everyone's case is gonna be this surplus and this cornucopia of music creation. Like everyone feels differently and this kind of situation impacts everybody differently. So yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, like not every artist is the same. Yeah, it was some sort of weird like leapfrog of like aging. It felt like we were like 70 and retired nowhere with <laughs> nothing ahead of us. Everything was right. bleak. Away from everyone the world everything. was crumbling, you know. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure like as a musician, everyone's just like, well, you got a lot of time. You better you better come up with something. Yeah, there were so many memes floating around that were like, now's your chance to create your genius or just like not do anything and like <laughs> take time to process this horrible trauma that exactly. we're all Exactly. Same time. I'm gonna make sourdough bread. Yeah. That's what I'm exactly. Gonna yeah. Cookies and like. Oh my god, the amount yeah. of baking that like happened this past year, insane. Yeah, it's great. I love seeing that. Flour was I'm off the shelves. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to turn gears a little bit here, and I want to talk about just some of the praise that you guys have gotten. Now, I know you guys said you're a little bit shy or weird, but like we're gonna have some fun with this because I felt like I wanted to share these with you just to get y'all's reaction. One thing that I pulled from off your site, this person named Andy Kaufman from Music Connection Magazine, he had said, and I have the quote right in front of me here, he said that you as a band, Gentle Temper, have an ability to subtly shift any given song's dynamics, effortlessly evolving from contemplative windswept panoramas to passages that express determination through deftly chugging rhythms and that never fails to impress. First of all, like, wow. That's insane. <laughs> what rhetoric. And second of all, like what like do you see yourselves doing any of those things? Like, I know it's kind of hard to look at your music and your creative process and be like, yeah, like we definitely did that. But do you kind of see this praise lining up with what you are trying to accomplish? Andy screwed us over so hard with that review. Because how nice. can you how can you live up to that? Like someone goes like, I, I heard the windswept panoramas. There it is. <laughs> oh my God. Those, the combination of words no, is so amazing. I can't believe that somebody saw our show and was yeah. like so inspired to write that. Like, yeah. it's just like praise beyond anything I could have. And he just wrote it. Up. Like we didn't ask him to come. Mm -hmm. We didn't hire him to write anything afterwards. 
he just sent that to us and like put it out. Yeah, he did and a show review. Yeah, that was that it was, was pretty so nice. Pretty nice of him. Maybe most creative people feel this way, but not all. But I I'm so like entrenched in our own music, and I can't see it from somebody else's perspective. And I'm a really harsh critic of anything that I do. So I I would never like guess that somebody would like see our show and think that. Mm-hmm. I hope that that's what we do every time we perform, but I, I just can't. I can't, can never expect something like that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like being on the stage, but if you watch the film, like the video back, you're sort of like, oh, that was happening. Oh, that sounds like this. That sounds mm-hmm. like that. It's like an out of body experience from what you're describing. That's why I love music, man. It's like the, something that like lasts forever and it's never long enough, yeah. whether you're playing it or listening to it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's really well said. Another reviewer named Ken Templeton from Redline Roots. He had said that your sound builds and builds, takes a breath and comes right back to you. And for me personally, when I listen to your stuff, it kind of reminded me of the way y'all sing and your singing patterns. Is that something that you would agree with or same thing as we kind of discussed before? Like you wouldn't have even thought of that. Yeah, I think with the development of our like our songwriting, we're sort of being less like what is the word not like egotistical we're we're like stepping back a little bit from like the mosaic or whatever where we're sort of being like ah that section's like too long or like that section's too much like this instead of like i'm really trying to say something here it's sort of like we're writing a song like this and when we were right when we're starting out we definitely took a lot of breaths a lot of sort of like drawn out like no tempo sections a lot of like harmonies like at the start of cut my breaks we really kind of would lean into that we even had a live intro where we like extended the intro of the intro yeah i'm a a singer before i'm anything else i think so i always think of songs as a singer and as a singer it's like those those breaths and those moments of like quiet in like in between or like those building moments that then like kind of release for a second and then come back are are pretty important to me mm-hmm. in my songwriting. So that that's one that I I see more of in our songwriting that review that Ken wrote because it's it's a little more in, intentional for me when I write. I like to do those like long builds and then breath and then like total release. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So it sounded like he was kind of right on when he said that. I think so. At least from from where I I write. And now I want to like actually get into your music. We've been dancing around it and to talk about the upcoming release that we mentioned earlier, which is hella exciting for both of y'all. You have put out a couple singles over the years. Your first ones that I could find were in 2018. You had ancient tattoos and cold shoulder. And those also appeared on your album that you put out in 2018, too. And then you put out a couple more singles after that, Triple Dog Dare and Good Talk. And now you have an EP coming out. So why the EP? Like, what is the process with this new project? We're developing our sound a little bit. We had a drummer in the studio with us who performed with a trio before. Um, and he would play guitar and use a kick drum. He's got an insane internal timing. His name's Ben Burns. Uh, he was in Honeysuckle. And now he does a little bit for Darling Side. I highly re- recommend checking them out. They write very beautiful music. So he came into the studio with us and he would just kind of like intuit a lot of things that like fit our style. 
but with a little bit more to it. And we realized we were kind of like holding ourselves back. We we're like, we can do this stuff. How do we do it? Like mm-hmm. an upright snare. Like, I don't know anybody who really does that. Except for maybe like tomato, tomato, that band. So we're trying, we're trying to come up with, with certain things, you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll play some drums live. Marion's been learning some guitar. The EP is really, it's kind of a, we chose to do an EP so that we could kind of explore the sound without doing a full album I think we had like a a handful of songs that worked well together and we recorded it in 2019 so it it got delayed a little bit in its release I think because of the year that we've had but I think anytime a band releases an EP it's because they kind of have a, a piece of work that is not enough to be a full album or they're like excited to continue developing on what they've done and they want to kind of like move on and for for me it's moving on in a in a very like excited way not in like a oh i'm so sick of this way it's moving on. it's just like it, it's been two years plus since we've written these songs and an ep just felt like the right thing to do to like put those songs out and give them their time and also be able to move on to the next project mm-hmm. a little bit faster we're just trying to manipulate the algorithms and get the most plays possible. Yeah, a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we just like we just are ready to ready to have those songs out and they work so well together. They're in this like neat little package of an EP and we mm-hmm. can kind of drop that and then pick up the next one, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's called Same Blood, is that correct? Yes. Is there any um insinuation or reasoning for that title? Yeah. That song is it kind of started being um, the youngest of four siblings in my family. And it kind of started as me kind of angstily writing about how I, I've kind of always felt a little bit out of place. I'm five years younger than my closest sister and then seven and 10 years apart. So I've, I've always felt a little bit like weirdly floaty in terms of my age and mm-hmm and uh, where I want to be in my life. It started there and it started as kind of being about like finding your place in, in a big family and in the world. And I wrote the, this line at the end of it because none of my siblings really look alike. Like I think if we're all next to each other, we look like we're part of the same family, but we don't really have, like we're not, none of us look identical in any way. Right. Um, And I wrote this line that says, the blood that I bleed still matches yours, um, which is the closing line of the song. And that's where same blood, the title came from. It was like a a different way to say that line. Gotcha. Um, But it's, it's really just about like, we're all like people in the world and we all look a little different and we all have different places in the world and in our families or chosen families. And that doesn't really matter because we can all just, coexist (laughs) she wrote this one line in the song no matter how long i've waited for water i won't drink from the poison well Mm. i I really like that because it's it's i do too open-ended but it's also kind of like you're gonna be tempted by like what's easy and what's there and like Mm -hmm. what someone has like put there for you or like just you know what is available and you kind of have to use your own judgment and you have to be your own person on that kind of powerful. So I always let it rip when we play that song. Something else I want to ask you guys about is 
the charities that you've worked with and helped supported over your musical career. You've played in support for the Animal Refuge League, American Civil Liberties Union. You have the Bellhawks Foundation, Relay for Life, Gaining Ground. Like there's there's a ton that you guys have played in support of. Why is it important for you guys to give back to these organizations? It's a lot of stuff that we that we believe strongly in. I've always like loved animals and like been confused why people are afraid of some of them, which, you know, that's their own ex- life experience. That's fine. But to me, it's just like, if you show the animal fear, you'll like, they're going to be, they're going to wonder like, what's wrong? Like, sh- there's something I need to be afraid about. Yeah, I, I just love animals. And I think they all deserve, like, deserve a shot. A shot of at love, not like a shot. <laughs> not an actual shot. Maybe right. like a rabies shot, yeah. just in case. That's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, like we're doing what we love, like for as much of a living as we can make right now, but we're doing what we love and not everybody can say that. And I feel sort of borderline like obligated to help out in whatever like minute way we can or like bring some attention to it. Tomorrow, Same same Blood is up on sale and on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bandcamp is giving their share to the NAACP, and we're going to give all of our share from the sales to that um, as well. I didn't vote in the first election that I could have, and I kind of regret that. Past year or two has kind of put a lot of things in perspective. I won't put words in your mouth, but it's put a lot of things in perspective about like getting older and like having responsibilities and not just being like some fucking kid going to college playing music you know recognizing that there's a world outside <laughs> yourself mm-hmm. right a yeah. curve for for young people i think i've wanted to support these organizations and charities and i i want to continue to to do that in whatever way we can because like financially i i can't really do much not nothing that is like very significant that would really you know help a lot and every little bit helps but you know if you give a little bit somebody else also has to give a little bit for it to make Mm -hmm. a bigger impact Mm -hmm. but music is something that we can we can give as much of as we want to and are able to and Mm -hmm. kind of this like endless resource and it's a a, reason it's a field Um, that's kind of like it's kind of a minefield because not every charity does the right thing with the money yeah Um, yeah. you know without naming any names like there's just there's just some that you have to kind of vet and then like sometimes you got to stick to your guns when people disagree with you Mm -hmm. about a certain way that someone's going about a cause but also you kind of just have to be like like i i hear you but this this track record is enough evidence for me these people running it enough evidence for me i trust them i'm not just gonna like whatever donate or or steer people this direction and then forget about the organization forever you know they're gonna they're gonna still exist and they're gonna have to answer for what they do i've always been like a huge advocate to you for dedicating your time and your energy as opposed to just money because like what you just mentioned ryan like sometimes you just don't know where that money is going towards and to be totally honest a lot of those a lot of the shows that we played for organizations we kind of happened into like somebody needed another band and asked us and we researched the foundations and found that we we really wanted to do those shows and Mm -hmm. that's been really cool too to kind of through other bands or other like people, other organizations find these 
charities and organizations that are doing really good, important work. And you mentioned that the proceeds to your latest single that's coming out are going to the NAACP. What are some other organizations that you're helping support at this time, if there are any? We're not supporting any recurring, well, with regards to like monthly billing or something. I don't know if that's a if that's a thing, but we supported Casa Mirna in Boston, which was a bit of a smaller one. That's sort of in line with what you were getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody invited us on to this bill and we're like, I don't know what that is. It turned out to be for a, a cause uh, because of bringing awareness of uh, domestic violence uh, to light, like bringing bring bringing attention, to- yeah, bringing awareness to it and kind of like spreading that that mindset. Over the past year, we donated a bit of money f- to Campaign Zero, which was organized in part by Brittany Packnett Cunningham, who I was kind of fond of for all the work she did um, before during the you know one of the previous administrations. And that one, we got a little bit of pushback because it was a very heated time. Yeah. Um, and we had to do maybe more research than we ever <laughs> had to do. And, and I'm happy that we had a lot of kind of heated discussions with a lot of close friends of ours about like what the right thing to do is and like how mm. fast things should happen. Yeah. Which is, I think having those conversations is really important and being able to have a conversation with somebody about a topic that you might disagree on, but being able to maintain a level head and an open mind to somebody else's perspective on something, I think is is really important and something that we could all stand to learn a yeah. little bit more of. We're not trying to be politicians. We're just trying to make the world a better place. Right, right. now, actively, I'm not necessarily like financially supporting any organizations, but I am always looking and and I, I still support Campaign Zero and Black Lives Matter has my support. Like there are, there are a lot it has of- our support. Our support. There are a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of organizations out there and, and we're trying to navigate that and also like learn before we make decisions. Right. Gotcha. Important, important lesson it seems like there. And in addition to you guys putting out a single, the EP soon- I also noticed that you do have some upcoming shows on your radar as well. Yeah. So y'all are excited about getting on the road again. Yes. It feels really strange and very exciting. We're sticking mostly around new England for the summer and the fall, but we hope that if anybody's around new England, they'll come out to a show. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I was looking at some of the locations like you have, you have like one in Maine, you have one in New Hampshire, you have a couple in uh, Massachusetts. So yeah, like definitely if you're in those areas, you should check it out. Like what, what do you, if you had to like sell yourselves to people to come see your shows, like how would you kind of, like what would be your elevator pitch essentially? Have you heard of that term? Yeah, yeah. A gentle temper is a do whoa with quite a broad brushstroke of influences. And instrumentation. And instrumentation. We try to make about as much noise as a four or five or six piece band between the two of us. And we also like to get quiet. Yeah, Marion beats the shit out of the crash cymbal. <laughs> sometimes just tap it gently. Mm-hmm. All about <laughs> the dynamics. Yeah, of it even more intense. <laughs> What's one of your, um, one of the things you love most about performing live and that you're looking forward to? There's a different energy when you're performing in front of people 
like I don't know how to describe it. It feels like you're putting gas on a fire, but in a fun and good and controlled way. There's nothing that compares to it that I've experienced. And like the live stream shows this that we've done this past year, we do one on Patreon every month and they're they're fun, they're cool and they're like very low key, but there's nothing that matches the energy of like being in front of people and feeling that energy like kind of reverberate back and forth between you and the people watching you and listening and it's it it's somehow different every time at the most fun I ever have on the face of the planet and like so forgettable which just sounds weird to say but while we're doing it it is all of the things that I describe and then as soon as we're off the stage I'm like I don't have it now I wanted to I want to feel that way again yeah I I forget what that feels like let me search it out and it's always different, depends on the crowd. We played our first show in like six months to a crowd of seven people. And it was like more- It was a birthday party. It was more stress than we've had playing to like 2,000 people. Yeah. But it was so Funny. fun. It was such a yeah. sweet, sweet evening. Different every time. Yeah. Well, what else can we expect from you guys in the future? Like, obviously we've teased the EP and the single. Are you working on some more YouTube videos? Like you mentioned that writing session that y'all have been doing? Yeah, oh, yeah, we Marian. release a video every week on YouTube. It co- goes out on Mondays, and we've just been working on a bunch of stuff. We've got covers that we we work on and we do on our Patreon and YouTube, and we do a live stream on our Patreon every month. Just a whole lot more music. Yeah, stuff. Patreon's got a lot going on, and the public's got a lot of stuff coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you guys again for coming on, Ryan and Marion with Gentle Temper. Before I let you guys go, why don't you just let people know where they can find you, stream your music, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. of course. You can find our music anywhere that you can stream music. So Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, anything. We want you to stream it on Spotify and we want you to subscribe to our YouTube page. We also want you to stream it anywhere else in addition. What about your website? Our website is www.gentletemper.com. That's gentle with no I, in case you thought it was Gentile. It's not, it's gentle. You can find us on Instagram at gentletemper underscore. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok, which is new. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Weird world over there. (laughs) And uh, on Twitter as well, all at gentletemper. Some of them have an underscore after them, but some of them don't. Either way, you'll find us. Great. Well, thank you guys again. I really appreciate it. Thanks Thanks for having us. Planet Her is here. We're on the planet. And who is the owner of this planet? It's Doja Cat. Who else would it be? Doja Cat just put out, and this is actually her third album. And something that I'm still coming to terms with with Doja Cat is that she's still a fairly new artist. Like her first album came out in 2018. Last album came out in 2019. And now it's 2021. And she already has three albums under her belt. And she's like a huge name in the music industry right now. And to talk about her new album, Planet Her, I decided to bring on Mr. Nick Alley here. Nick, how you doing? I'm great, David. I'm so excited to be here to talk about Doja and Planet Her and everything in between. Oh, yeah. How big of a Doja fan would you say? Like, have you been following her for a while? Um, no. <laughs> I've honestly gone back because, you know, obviously when there's superstars on the rise, I always like to keep an eye out of whatever and obviously say so blew up last year. Mm. But in a lot of like, 
vlogs and stuff I follow. She's always been sort of like a meme-ish artist. And then like, she just kind of like blew up and, you know, seeing her perform all these live performances that she puts on, like she's got an X factor to her that not mm-hmm. artists have. So just to see her go from like that one song to like going back and seeing how mood just became like her song that broke out for people. Yeah. <laughs> and now she has one of the songs of the summers and like just putting out this huge album with huge artists that are, are established like the weekend and Ariana Grande like just mind-blowing so obviously with industry support you gotta pay attention to someone like this yeah she's definitely been getting a lot of backing from people like she's been up for a few awards she won a couple of awards too in like the short time she's really been the public eye she's really coming up and something too about this album that I found really interesting and I'll get your thoughts on this too Nick is that a reviewer had said that this album is like Doja's means of entering her imperial phase I think that's appropriate because as we just kind of mentioned, she's like kind of taken over now with all these things that she has going on. Yeah, you kind of alluded to it already. Like with the inception of like a big single and having a few tracks like Streets Blow Up, this is really like her first step into the foray of like people are watching you now. And Mm. there's a good old saying where you have your whole life to put out your first album and only six months to put out your second. In this term of things, it's obviously second and third, but still, you know, Strike While the Iron's Hot. And, you know, I think she really went for it. And, you know, her whole team's marketing and everything mm-hmm. like that just absolutely knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. What were your initial thoughts on the album? Let's start there. Like when you first heard it, what did you think about it? Honestly, I think what kind of blew me away or not really blew me away, but was kind of like a step back for me was, you know, with all of these big songs like bombastic hooks that we're used to from Doja and, you know, high energy types of things. We just got Kiss Me More at the beginning of the year and, you know, we're excited for the summer and we get the album and it's a lot more chill than I expect it to be. Mm, yeah. And not in like a bad way. If you go back, a lot of her albums are very much like that too but i didn't know with like we were just saying with her being in her imperial phase of pop and rap right now what could that look like for her so i think she blended it pretty well in terms of doja cat vibeness yeah. for lack of a better term you know you do have those pop hits those singles ready to go you have your chiller hits those ones that also accentuate her rapping a little bit of everything in between so the first listen, I was like, what is this? I wasn't expecting this. But then we just <laughs> talked about it earlier today about how she released her deluxe album yesterday on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And give it a re-listen, just like you, because I, you know, you can't just like not yep. listen to an album once <laughs> a fair assessment. And I definitely vibed with it the second time around. Definitely have a few favorites now. Some are on the gym playlist, some are on the party playlist, some are the chilling, going to bed playlist, like yeah. everything everything about it. Yeah, I was listening to it, I think probably maybe twice today just going through it again to kind of jog memory and yeah I would agree with that too like there are some songs that are a lot more slow and there are some songs that are really like up and like get you out and get you on your feet and stuff like that obviously we mentioned kiss me more too like that song as soon as it dropped I knew it was going to be a summer song and you can give yourself a plug here too that's something you actually brought up on your own podcast didn't you oh stop I did yes so I also do a podcast people of on rotation I do the very important music podcast and my co-host Jen and I did an episode ranking the possible songs of the summer and I rated Kiss Me More as the number one it's got the beat Mm -hmm. it's bouncy it's fun it's chill like 
sometimes you can rage to it sometimes you can chill at the beach to it like it's a good every occasion type of yes, song where yes. like multiple moods and vibes fit into it i've been a big fan of it and i also really love scissor and the peak get more recognition because we need more scissor recognition <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she's great both of them together too and they actually did an interview in v magazine where scissor interviewed doja cat about the song and then also about the album in general so they talked about a lot of stuff and something too that we kind of mentioned earlier and nick you kind of brought this up with the collaborations and whatnot doja cat was saying that this album is full of people that she just respects and she was so excited to work with So just to name some of the people she collabed with, like she had Young Thug, she has Ariana Grande, she has The Weeknd, we mentioned SZA. The deluxe tracks too, she has Eve, who I love because like Eve's just a badass and one of like the original female MCs. And just off of those, like what would you say about, you know, the different collabs that she's had? Like was there any that really stood out to you or like any any of those that really came to mind to think about like how they work together? I think if anything, like I absolutely love the clubs more than most of the tracks on the album. There's a few single Doja Cat songs where it's just her, but I definitely love like you, the newest radio single um, that they're playing right now. They also put an extended version on the deluxe. Yeah, that one's like my favorite. I think, yeah. Oh, I think that's a whole new variety of things. On I Don't Do Drugs with Ariana Grande, I thought that was interesting because Ariana Grande, vocal powerhouse already, but she's also, she arranges her own vocals and songs too. Mm -hmm. So like you could hear like, she just throws her like, vocals into other parts of the song and i'm like are you kidding me like you're even the main artist on this song <laughs> but they've already collaborated a few times on like motive from positions and she was on the remix for 34 35 you know when a good sign that you're gonna be a big artist when you have jid on your record who's also an up-and-coming artist and you're giving him a little bit of limelight mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually didn't know about him until this album. And I saw that song. I was like, wait, who is this guy? But he's good. Like, I really liked his verse. Yeah, no, no, no. And like, when you get an opportunity to be on a upcoming artist who's already got big industry backing, like, that's a huge moment. I know that he's been on a few other things this year, too. But this was like, damn, like, okay, he may be someone to look out for now, mm-hmm. which is awesome for him. Well, I leave there. I saw him in Coachella, uh, not Coachella, sorry, uh, <laughs> Lollapalooza. Uh, back in 2018 and I was like okay but he wasn't you know he wasn't anywhere at that level where he could he could collab with almost A-list artists so Mm -hmm. props to him obviously young yeah young thug I I think that's one of the first big things on it's the third song on the album I believe that one is payday yep and it's the third one first I was like what the heck is this and then the (laughs) the second and third time I was like okay this is a bop and I like you said you kind of took it right out of my mouth with Eve like I think uh, Eve is just great I can't believe they didn't put on the real the the non-deluxe album because yeah that's true yeah I think it just fits so perfectly with Doja's vibe and like that like little bit of guitar bass twinge mm-hmm. that you know Eve would sample back in her rap days and it's just it's just great. Like I felt the exact same way and that song for people that don't know that song is Tonight which comes like almost at the very end of the deluxe version so I was kind of like I was excited to see Eve and then I was like yeah but now that you mention it why didn't they put it on <laughs> the original line? <laughs> I don't know I don't know she also collaborated with Gunna but mm-hmm. why why it didn't really do too much for me but mm-hmm. uh, yeah i will say that uh she doesn't technically collaborate there but she shouts out Nicki minaj yeah. at the end of um let's get I, into it yeah 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 get, yeah. <laughs> get into it yeah exactly <laughs> which i think is probably my favorite off of the album oh no honestly. way <laughs> yeah i was like 
it was one that stood out to me the first time. And then I was like, okay, it's got a good blend of everything that is Doja. It's got the bouncy beat. Mm-hmm. It's got the crazy, she goes in on the second verse where she's like mm-hmm. talking about Papa and Mama. And, uh, and I'm just like, okay, trying to learn the words. Keep up, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I think that it's really good blend, and um, we didn't talk about it, but I looked at the producer tags of everything, and Mm -hmm. Y2K produced the track and a few other songs where there's, like, the uh, whatever Isn't that cooing noise or whatever? Yes. Oh, my God, um, I literally was going to bring that up, too. I was like, why is there this cooing noise? (laughs) Like, it's so weird. So it's the call of the loon, which... Oh, my God. (laughs) It's an interesting producer tag because it's generally something that like a lot of artists who were in like the 70s, 80s, like deep house mm-hmm. genre would use for like a sample. And it, it's interesting here in, in a modern day rap pop song because there, I can see the influences for sure. But just to put that in, I think it's just like, okay, it, you're obviously there's a little bit of inspiration, mm-hmm. I feel. Well, that so. actually brings up like another point, Do you? Now that you mentioned that, this makes so much more sense. Another thing I pulled from that article I mentioned where she was talking to SZA is like Doja was talking about blending different sounds. And like this album, you can tell she experienced so much more or experiments so much more with like R&B pop and house and dance, like those kinds of genres on top of like hip hop, which is what she's known for. And Mm -hmm. she was saying, like, as she was kind of coming into creating this album, she found herself going back to those brands and those genres. So I think that's so funny that you brought up how that call of the loon is something significant with producers in house music in like the 70s, which is probably what she, like I said, she was going back to like house disco and like vintage sounding stuff. So that that literally makes so much sense now. (laughs) Yeah. And like, even what you were just saying too, like, the first track on the album is called Woman, and it's like Afrobeats, specifically mm-hmm. like derived from a little bit of reggaeton, Latin. Like there's just a little, a little bit of everything in just that one first song. And then it just like continues to grow in the sense of, okay, we did this. We're switching up the vibe immediately. It's not not cohesive, but it's not, it doesn't blend the way that you're expecting it to blend with the genres yeah and like just thinking about that too like the energy that the album brings like there are some songs that the energy just like completely changes or slows down i think one of them was um been like this which is right before options with jid and after you write with the weekend another one is ain't shit which (laughs) the first time i heard that song i died laughing i was like oh doja like that one she's just calling out all the men (laughs) it's just something that she totally would do so Ain't Shit is my other, if I had to choose, I don't know if you could make that a radio single, but <laughs> if you could, that's like girls night club anthem to mm. its max, ready to go. You know, we told you so, you know, I like I could see it. I could already see all the girls. I could see it in the strip clubs. I could see it in the bars. I could see it in the strip club bars, like just <laughs> raging some other songs too that i just remembered that slow down the pace of the album oh, was yes, alone which is right before kiss me more which on the regular version kiss me more closes out the album and i thought that mm. was interesting to save that song for last as well i'm glad you brought that up that's the one thing that i i would change about the album in the sense of i wish it would the track listing was just thought out a little bit differently because kiss me more is not an album closer mm-hmm. to me usually like you have a first song on an album it sets the tone for the album right Mm -hmm. especially in the streaming world too like most of the time if you're releasing an album people are listening to the first song because they want to go in order Mm -hmm. and that gets 
automatically just is streamed more than most tracks on an album. And I don't know if it was an intentional, hey, let's put the song at the very bottom so you have to listen to it to get to it type of vibe. And it, it, it just doesn't feel right to me. I think that like, I would want it more like maybe number 10 or seven, four, like one where there's, okay, we found a feel of it. Maybe you went down tempo a little bit, but bring it back up or whatever. Mm. But I was very surprised that Kiss Me More made the final track of all things. Um, yeah, me too. It's, it's hard to close an album, especially as an artist, you know, because everyone does like, do I go the somber route and do a piano ballad? Like, do I go all out? Like, you can't win, I feel like, half the time. And some people are going to love it. And the other thing is, too, people are just going to rearrange them in their own playlist of mm -hmm. whatever they're going to do. So does it matter as much if you're on <laughs> streaming or you're a big streaming artist? Probably not. But that was one of the, the critiques, if I had to give a critique, would be track listing movement. Mm -hmm. Did you ever think at one point listening to it, and this might be a reason why people should listen to it over and over again, that some of the songs after a while kind of sounded too similar. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. I did. <laughs> like Naked was like the second song on the album. Like, okay. Like it didn't wow me. Like mm. it's just tough because when you're Doja Cat, like you have this mean personality, you're huge on TikTok, you put a hundred and million percent into your performances. And then mm. like, I get like something where like, this is okay, but yeah. like, <laughs> I, I know you can do better. Love to Dream just didn't really fit with me either. Alone actually wasn't really one of my favorites either, which I mm -hmm. also was kind of like, I didn't want the album to end on that one either. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, There's definitely some, I don't want to say duds, but I there's definitely songs that are stronger than the others for sure. Yes, 100%. And I think if anything, there's a lot of people who like to put out as much tracks as they can because streaming numbers, people find their favorites, whatever. But one of the big things from, I think we learned from like Olivia Rodrigo right now, she put an album out with only like 11 songs mm -hmm. and it's doing insane numbers. So, you know, I see what they're going for. They're trying to get the numbers up, go for it. I'm, I'm on that side, I know how it works, but I think quality over quantity for mm -hmm. sure could work in her favor just because she is Doja Cat and she could be like a great album artist and have these huge tracks and doesn't have to cater specifically to, you know, the radio of like shorter songs or streaming specifically. But yeah, that's that, that was my main, my other main critique. <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I was like, this album just sounds like it was made to cater to a bigger pop audience, which is obviously like what she has and I think it's kind of where she's going, essentially. And from talking about to like her experimenting with different sounds and also finding herself listening to different sounds, it seems like that might be where her label is trying to push her to. But something else I'm interested to that you kind of made me think about, Nick, is like in total with the deluxe version, it's 19 tracks, the whole album. But apparently she had said a while ago in September that this album was done and it literally could have been put out like yesterday. But she was like, I don't want to put it out yet. Like everyone's expecting it. Like you kind of have to plan. So I wonder if pushing it back, she kind of went and made more of these tracks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I think, especially with COVID, I think we've seen that everyone and their mother just wrote, 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 made song mm -hmm. after song after song. Because why not? You know, like if you're not toying, a lot of people will tour for a year or two and it's okay. Like I'm not, do I'm away from the public eye, but I'm here for my fans right now and whatever. And that takes a lot out of you. But 
if you're not touring, like artists are like, what the heck am I going to do? <laughs> um, yep. And like, you know, for a bigger pop star like her, she's also on like the media route of going on SNL, doing, uh, you know, some TV performances for like maybe like um, the American Music Awards or whatever it might be. If you're an art, especially as a rapper, rapping and pop, I guess, could be two different types of genres, but they're so intertwined in at least the top 40 world. But, you know, again, if anyone can sh- like just represent or has shown from time and time again where there's just an album track that isn't pushed and the the general public just finds it it's doja cat Mm -hmm. like i think streets blows my mind that it it blew up the way that it did and had that huge tiktok viralness and she acted on that she dropped a video she went for it you know and she she gave the people what she wanted she did the meme she did the tiktok (laughs) in the music video yeah um so she's like i'm all about an artist that takes full advantage of any type of marketing jumps on things whatever and i think you know same type of deal maybe there's a hit in here that i don't maybe i don't like it maybe you don't like it maybe it's something that we we just don't know there there could just be that one lyric that is gonna go get it going and bada bing bada boom which another great thing about the stream here is that anybody can do stuff and anybody can make a, a song a hit song even if it's not something that most people think about so um mm-hmm. yeah i definitely think that she took full advantage of throwing more songs on there you know yeah and i think just like her talent too like i really do think that her rapping still shows on this album like She even said in the same interview I'm talking about, she always wanted to start off being a rapper and singing kind of came second, but she likes combining both. And her raps still blow my mind. Like she's really, really good at writing a beat. She's really good at coming up with some really interesting lyrics. Like, you know, even though we talked about Naked, like the one line that just stood out to me was like, let me cordially invite you to this party in my pants. Yeah. And then like Need to Know, which was another single she put off, like that one's extremely explicit. And she was like, <laughs> I heard from a friend of a friend that the dick is a tenant, like all these just like outrageous things. It's just like how, how I kind of said earlier with eight shit, it's like, oh, Doja, but you know, it's like something that she could do and get away with. And that's like, sometimes you just got to be that type of artist. I was going to say, I do have a few favorite one-liners of, you know, mm-hmm. I already talked about that. Like, I want to know that fast rap from get into it. Yeah. But I also like, I think it's naked too, where she's talking about like Ed Sheeran, you want to get to know my body or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry if I misquoted which song it was. Actually, I, but... think that it, I think that's also get into it. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> like you did say it was your um, well, favorite. Anyway, so. love the song. And then, right. Yeah. Also, um, and need to know, love the music video for it. I think it's super, I think it really set the scene of what to expect for the album just as a promo single. But on along those lines of a friend of a friend, I, there's one part where it's like, poof, and it's like, make this pussy alakazam or something like that and i'm just like <laughs> it's like right in that same vein or yeah, right yeah, yeah. that same part and i'm like wow that's uh <laughs> definitely memorable won't forget that one so and just one other thing too to touch upon because you brought up the music video like she did music videos for kiss me more need to know and you write this whole aesthetic that she's creating as i let in and said planet her like we're on the planet like we're literally in this universe that she's crafted and it's just it's so her like you know maybe that's why it's called planet her like it's yeah, just it so like doja it's just out there it's like what you said like kind of mentioning her raps and stuff like it's just like unforgettable it's just outrageous and that carries over in everything else that she does that we've mentioned yeah i mean if you're gonna go for it go for it right she's all about like 100 in like i especially love the kiss me more music video because she's mm-hmm. like hey let's put 
an Asian American or just Asian lead as a, the male love interest, which is like never something that people usually do nowadays. So like props for her for that, just like the representation there. Mm-hmm. The beautiful like artwork and scenery of what that music video is. They add a little bit of humor at the end. Like yeah. <laughs> there's obviously some big budgets behind it. And, you know, I'm sure she's involved in the cre- creative process of it because she's like, if it, I'm going off of performances alone, like she could easily, you know, do the same choreography for each time she's performing a song right but it's always different like and I always mm-hmm. respect that for her and uh you know I think she's got even more she's still very young in her her career you know yes she mm-hmm. has three albums out but is, is this her imperial phase that she's in right now like it could be it could be even more I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear from her if we hear from her sooner rather than later I know she's going on a festival route but I don't mm-hmm. know anything about her touring schedule moving forward well, awesome, Nick. This has been great, Nick. I really appreciate you coming on. Again, Planet Her by Doja Cat. It'll take you on a trip, to say the least. <laughs> hey <laughs> No, definitely. Thank you for having me, my friend. I appreciate it. And that's the rotated review. Want to join me for the next review? Send in your suggestions to the on rotation podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter at the on rotation or Instagram at on rotation podcast. Make sure you hit that follow button while you're at it. To read this review fully, see my blog or listen to past episodes, log on to on rotation podcast.wordpress.com. And now it's time to take a look at what popped this week in news. A Los Angeles County Supreme Court judge has denied Britney Spears' request to remove her father, Jamie, from her ongoing conservatorship. The decision follows Spears' testimony on June 23rd, where she expressed her desire to end the conservatorship entirely. However, multiple Republicans have invited the pop star to testify in front of Congress. Spears' next hearing is scheduled for July 14th. Courtney Love says Olivia Rodrigo stole the idea for her concept film artwork called Sour Prom, from Holes' Live Through This album. Love originally compared the two on Instagram in an amicable fashion, but later attacked Rodrigo and her record label. She said stealing an original idea and not asking permission is rude. There's no way to be elegant about it. Love also joked about Rodrigo sending her an apology note and flowers. And Demi Lovato will star in her own Roku original show, The Demi Lovato Show, premiering on July 30th. Lovato will bring an array of all-star guests and experts for frank discussions during the 10-minute episodes. The Demi Lovato Show is the first of over a dozen Roku originals to premiere on the Roku channel. That's going to do it for this episode. Feel free to tune in next time when we rotate through a whole new slew of topics. In the meantime, keep it real, y'all. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.